0: Just the other day, that one of my dear friends and flatmates was just ripping into Lent. Uh, It's just like a bit of a crap time, because the content, both in the seasonal guides, but often kind of like the lectionary, which ends up being the sermons, is just quite, quite heavy, quite full-on. So here we go. (laughs) Welcome, people. I mean, this is not quite Lent. This is kind of signalling the beginning of Lent. Tonight we will be looking at one Corinthians fifteen verses. 53-58, to for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory, where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I really love this verse. It's written in beautifully um, poetic and lofty kind of language, and it also deals with some of the most central and actually full-on ideas of our Christian faith. Um, We are confronted with these ideas of perishable and imperishable, um, mortal and immortal. And I think these terms have been chosen very deliberately. The defining difference between these two camps is of course death. Death stands between the mortal and immortal the perishable and the imperishable. And so in in the scripture we have this picture set up of ourselves, the mortal, imperishable on one side, and God, the immortal on the other, and death as the great chasm between us. Also, in, in the scripture this claim is made that when the mortal is clothed in immortal, then death will be swallowed up. And it's not entirely clear what exactly this is referring to, but according to this commentary that I read, which was awfully dense, this big, um, this big when, when mortal is clothed in immortal, is both in the future and has already come to pass. It alludes to both end times when all the dead will be raised up and clothed in immortality, but it is also very clearly talking about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. The crucifixion and resurrection can be understood as the ultimate convergence of mortal and immortal. Jesus himself being both completely human, completely mortal, but also completely God and paying the highest cost of mortality and then rising again, immortal. And this is a difficult tension to hold, this Jesus being completely mortal and completely immortal. And I think in our current time and culture we struggle with the idea of jesus immortality and divinity but i think we struggle even more with his mortality the mysteries of eternity make us uncomfortable but facing our own mortality reflected in the death of jesus is downright terrifying the fear of death is perhaps the defining fear of any human society from from the beginning of time but i think our culture right now has gone further than any other to try and deny our own mortality from us, to try and hide our own death from ourselves. When I had I was on this um, school trip with Nanai College um, with my friend Kirk, who I lived with um, at the time, and for some reason, having just finished the Tongaruru Crossing, it was too difficult for them to drop us off in Turangi, and instead they dropped us off in Waiuru. We needed to get to Tudangi. I I can't remember what the situation was there, but anyway, so we've been dropped off in Waiuru to try and we we're trying to hitchhike to Tudangi. And for those who know Waiuru, it's was a, absolutely freezing but also just wasn't a whole lot to do for the hours we were there. So we kind of passed the time by thinking what kind of person might come past, what kind of person might pick us up. And as it so happened, the person who did pick us up kind of surpassed our wildest expectations of how kind of quirky or wild this person could be. Um, A big hippie van pulls up and this guy who if you've seen Doc from Back to the Future looked exactly like that guy. (laughs) Crazy white um, frizzy hair and he had just these stacks, these crates of fruit in the back. Just of like just yeah most Fruit I've ever seen in one vehicle ever. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we, we start talking to this guy. He picks us up and he asks us, why were we there? And we kind of, we give him a backstory and kind of, oh, we are involved with this college and we're Christian youth workers. And we start talking about spirituality and faith. And he kind of, he, he listens and then we ask him, do you have a faith? And he said, oh, you know, I've, I've tried I've tried all religions, um, I've, I've looked extensively at Christianity, and I like Christianity a lot. Most of it's great. But what I just can't get over is all the blood. Why, why so much blood? The drinking of the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb, why so much blood? And at the time, I had no idea kind of, how to respond. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think this points to a much deeper thing. That this fear of blood, this fear of pain, I don't think is unusual at all in our culture. Pain has become the ultimate evil. If it feels bad, it must be bad. And also, if it feels good, it must be good for you. And for those of you who know this Cultural Moment podcast, they call it a culture that is anesthetized to pain. And it's built on the lie that we can, if we just do this by that, live a life completely without pain. And the Christian idea that the pinnacle of love is a sacrificial laying down of your life for your friends is totally incomprehensible, I think, to the culture that we live in, in a secular Wellington. Today we live by more of a love hath no greater than to Netflix and chill sort of doctrine. Interestingly, there was a study of indigenous cultures and their rites of passage and coming-of-age rituals. For those of you who don't know what rites of passage are, they are traditional ceremonies that are supposed to prepare or mark the transition of a young person into adulthood. And so they often contain strong messages and values that are believed to be important in making this transition. The idea with the study was to extract five main themes or underlying messages across all cultures and all rituals in the hope of getting an idea of some of the deeper truths about the nature of adulthood, what it means to be human, that we're consistent across all humankind. A ritual might include, for example, going off into the forest for a couple of weeks and having to hunt a lion. Um, bearing, bearing that in mind, here are four of the themes present across all the rituals studied in all of these different societies from different places around the globe. Number one, you are going to die. Number two, you are not in control. Number three, you are not that important. Important, but not that important. Number four, life is hard. This stuff is like a millennial's worst nightmare, right? (laughs) (laughs) And after thousands of years of tradition, Every indigenous culture has decided that among the most critical things to understand about being an adult and about being human is to acknowledge our own mortality and our own fragility. And in the last hundred years, we've chucked that all out the window and literally decided that the complete opposite is true. The messages we hear as we grow up, our kind of rites of passage are, life should be without pain, you should be in control, and you are the center of the universe. We're being set up to lose in a life that was never meant to be easy. If we think back to the image of humans over here, separated from God by the valley of death, it's as though we've been sold a hologram bridge that we've been led to believe we can casually walk across, avoid the valley of death completely, but of course it's simply an illusion and makes the fall even more painful and even more difficult. Because our culture fights so hard to instill these ideas of self-sufficiency and of being in control, taking the red pill of our own mortality actually often feels deeply scary, life-threatening even, and so it feels easier to deny it completely. A few years ago, I started my second year at uni. Things weren't perfect, but on the whole they're going pretty well. I'd done really well in first year, um, and I was just keen for this year to be full on, that I would nail uni, I would be a kick-ass youth worker, it was all going to be incredible. And I just think I started off a little bit too optimistic. And what kind of happened was, I I missed the first week of uni, actually, on that same, that, that was the week where I met up with the crazy hitchhiker dude. And yeah, I kind of, I got behind, and I kind of got further behind, and it was like a domino effect, I'd kind of get this assignment in late, and then eventually not get this assignment in at all. And it kind of... Got to this place where I was so overwhelmed and stressed that I wouldn't even be able to get out of bed and get to university. I'd be glued to my computer, consumed with kind of gaming or watching videos, because reality was too hard to deal with at the time. It became pretty clear soon that I wouldn't pass any of the four courses that I was doing. And till that time, I thought the lowest grade you could receive was an E, but I got a K. So shout out to anyone else out there who got a K at any point in the university career. And at, at, my kind of, at my lowest point, I distinctly remember being curled up in the fetal position in my lounge with a candle burning, praying to God to please just remove me from this bad dream to somehow just fix it all. The thought of failing my papers was bad enough. But far more difficult was the feeling of being totally incapable of fixing my life and getting it back on track. I felt a helplessness and a powerlessness that I hadn't felt before. It shattered my kind of sense of self and changed the way that I looked at the world. And I realized that I had bought in to the lies that we're sold by our culture. That I was the master of my own destiny. That I was the author of my own life. That I could be in control. And we all have these moments in our lives at some point. We encounter our own limitations, our own mortality. Unfortunately, some of us have it a lot harder than others. But the realizations and the lessons are the same. We aren't in control. We aren't the authors of our own lives. Life is hard. And this would be an incredibly sad ending to the story. It would be just like The Matrix, but without Neo or Morpheus. But guess what? When our mortality is clothed in the immortality of Christ, when we clothe ourselves in the Lord Almighty, then what is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And this is is the picture of the cross. What we see on the cross is Jesus paying the price of his own mortality, not avoiding it, not denying it, but through this process of death, He enters into eternity, into immortality. And the same is true for us. It is through and only through the death we experience and Christ walking with us in it, uh, in the midst of it, that death itself is defeated. And we can shout, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Although we must acknowledge our mortality, walk through the valley of death, its power and its sting are beaten when we clothe ourselves in Christ. And this is absolutely true of my life. If I reflect on that trimester where I failed the four papers, death actually really screwed the pooch. Death actually looked like a real idiot that year because that was the year that I learned how to pray. That was the year that I learned what it meant to put my trust in God. I started, It started a journey of healing, which I'm still on, and gave birth To a new um, humility. What I want to be clear on though is that I'm not trying to say that the hard stuff ultimately kind of happens for good. Or suffering always leads to a kind of a tangible redemption. And I want to acknowledge that for some people in this room this is a really difficult space to sit in. um, Because life is actually just really tough. And sometimes we struggle to see the victory of Christ over death. But do we remember what Jesus said on the cross? Our perfect Messiah, the Son of God, said, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus struggled to understand where God was, where victory was in that moment. And there is hope, because as the scripture spells out, although we are mortal, death has no hold over us. When we are clothed in Jesus and call upon his spirit, the valley of death will still be there. But the power, the the finality of death is gone. We are free to live in the liberation that Jesus brought for us on the cross. We no longer have to be afraid or participate in this um, fear economy that society has set up around the fear of death. We can actually acknowledge the set of lies that society has established. Because the truth, that part of our life is understanding we aren't in control. We aren't the center of the world. And that life is hard is actually a truth that we can now face because we have Jesus. Death no longer has the final say. God raises up beauty from the ashes, He clothes the perishable and imperishable, so that we might sing, Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? As we move into a time of worship, first, if anyone feels challenged to call out in themselves and name some of the lies that they know they are living into because of that fear of death. Whether it's because of fear, whether it's a fear of losing control or a fear of pain, um, I would encourage you to ask for prayer with someone either next to you or over by the cross. And second, if you're someone whose mortality is feeling a little too real at the moment and you've lost sight of God's victory, then I would also encourage you to ask for prayer. I'll just pray. Lord, you see us and you love us in spite of our frailty, in spite of our vulnerability, in spite of the fear that we so often hold that stops us from being clothed in you. I pray that um, we might have the courage to face these fears front on, Lord, but that you might be there um, with us, Lord Jesus that you might meet us there.